So today we're going to talk about love, and it probably is the most obvious topic we could actually talk about on a day like today, isn't it? All we need is love. They sung that. That's a good old song, isn't it? And it's true. Sometimes all we need is love. You know what? It's probably the most valuable thing in our life is actually love. It's the most amazing thing that you can experience is actually love. And the thing is, for us to really know what love is, we need to start with love itself. We need to start with love himself. See, time and time in the Bible, it reminds us, you know what? God is love. Not God knows how to love, but God is love. So to really know what love is, we really need to know who God is. We really need to know and understand that God is love. See, if you want to know what love looks like, look at God, look at who he is, look at his character, look at what he's done and what he continues to do. And actually, if you really read the Bible in its context and the whole way through, it's a love story. It's a never-ending love story of God loving us so much. See, it's the most powerful factor in anybody's life is love. And actually, God said, you know what, let's make man in our image. So in essence, because God is love, the most powerful thing in our life is love as well. See, everybody, whether you'd like to admit it or not, loves a good love story, loves watching a good rom-com, loves watching it, because you all know what's going to happen in the end. You know know love's going to win. You see, in love, it's something that drives us. It's something that makes us Something that makes us want to push harder than we've ever pushed before, to do more and go above and beyond. It transforms who we are and it transforms what we want to do so we can make it happen and we can provide ways for it to happen. Look at any relationship that's starting out. You see love starting to blossom and you see them being totally in love with each other and enamored with each other. And we need to continue to choose that way of love, especially when it becomes between, um, to our relationship with God. Today I want to look at 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to read through some of this passage together from verse 7. We're going to start reading. So if you want to turn to it, please turn to it. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, so it probably won't match up exactly with what you're reading. But you know what, just, let's just read through this together. From verse 7, those who are loved by God Let his love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. See, putting these verses in their context John's just been writing to the church and warning them. He's just been saying to them, watch out for false teachers. Watch out for people um, who who are fake, people who are in your ranks, who actually don't follow God, who don't actually follow Jesus. He's been telling them not to listen to them. Why? Because they're teaching the source of what they know and the source of what they believe in isn't God. It's been distorted, it's been twisted. It might have some resemblance of God, it might have partial truth in it, but it's not the whole truth. And this is why we need to be really careful about the influences we have in our lives. 
We have to be careful of anybody that could easily come in and twist and distort true love, of truly knowing God, of truly knowing what it means to follow God. See, and what a lot of these people are saying sounds so right. It's a partial truth. It's like whenever the devil came in and tried to um, fool Eve, he used partial truth. He convinced Eve, you know what, you're going to be like God, knowing good and evil, if you eat that fruit. And that's what caused her to do it, because it was a partial truth. Even though God had said, don't do it, he, he convinced her it's something good to do, because you'll know more, and you'll, know, you'll be more like God if you do do it, by knowing good and evil. But God had never planned that for us. You see, and we've got to be careful that we don't live in partial truths, that we don't believe in partial truths. See, we follow the way of love. We follow the way of knowing God and who God really is. We follow the way of Jesus because Jesus is a perfect representation of who God is. See, in the verses before, he actually says that we can be certain we belong to God and that we can conquer these sort of people. So we don't need to fear and worry about these things, but we give ourselves wholly to God. We give ourselves wholly to the name of Jesus, to the teachings of Jesus, and to what he's taught us to do. See, the one living in us is greater than the one living in the world, the one who twists and distorts. See, people who don't know God can't know love. People who don't know God can't really know what it means to love. Their love will be twisted or tainted in some way. And you see, if we're living in God and experiencing and knowing God's love, then it will build up in us like a well. It will build up in us actually more like a spring from deep inside of us, and it will burst out of us because we will, because the source of all of our strength and everything we are will be love itself. It's not an external thing, it's an internal thing. It's an internal acceptance of God. See, we let God love us until we are literally bursting and overflowing with his love. That's the place that we need to live in, in a place of knowing deep down inside of us that we are loved by God. And that gives us security in our identity because we are loved by God. And then it flows out to others. See, the problem is, a lot of us get this wrong. We sometimes think that we need to act right. We need to be doing the right things and loving people the right way and doing all of that before we can ever actually know love ourselves, before we can actually get love from God. We think our love from God comes from what we do and not who we are. And God just wants to encourage us to stop. Stop striving to be something that you're not. Stop trying to love people through your own strength and allow me to come and overflow in you. And your natural ability to love will then allow you to love others because we will know love itself. I want to just share a couple of quotes from one of my favorite authors right now, a guy called Brendan Manning. And he says this in one of his books. He says, my deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ and I have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. I think we can all know what verse he got that from. He says, to be alive is to be broken and to be broken is to stand in need of grace. 
The thing is, we are all, if you're truly living your life, you're going to be broken. You're going to have been hurt by life in many different ways. But as we enter into God's grace and as we know his love, you know what, it'll just overflow into us and his love will come in and burst inside of us, out through us. He says this, the love of God is not a nice theory, but it's a pious reality. You can really grasp it. The love of God is something that needs to be grasped. It needs to be claimed. It needs to be understood. You know what? I can love somebody as much as I possibly can, but if they don't accept that love, and if they don't take that love on board, there's nothing I can do about that. And in the same way, God turns to us and he says, I love you so much, and he wants to come into our lives and transform us. And until we embrace that love and until we let that love come in and transform us and change who we are and change our perspective on life itself, you know what, we'll never really know and understand the reality of how much God loves us. See, when God's love is taken for granted, we point him into a corner and then we rob him of the opportunity to love us in new and surprising ways. And faith then begins to shrivel and shrink. That's another quote by Brendan Manning. See, we do take God's love for granted sometimes. Some of us have even grown up our whole lives knowing that God loves us. So in essence, it's just a stable thing that we've always known. So I want you to pray that God will reveal that to you in a new and surprising way, how much he loves you, how much he cares about you, how much he sees you and knows you by name. God cares about you and loves you, and we need to be accepting of that love. See, we're invited into this loving relationship. But if we say to God, you can only love me this way, you can only love me that way. You know what, God, I know you love me, but you don't love that part of me or this part of me. See, God wants us to get rid of all that mentality. See, we need to enter into God's presence knowing that he loves us completely. He loves us, every part of us, more than we'll ever know or understand. See, God wants us to be to be coming into him and just presenting us as broken as we are, as complete as we are, however you feel in every situation, in any situation, God wants you to come and present yourself. We don't hide in our own insecurities. We don't hide in our shame. We don't hide in our guilt. We don't hide in our fear, our anxiety. But we allow God to pour his love into us and through us. See, God loves us so much, and he simply asks us to let him love us. Let's read on a couple more verses in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrifice, the pleasing sacrificial offer to taking away our sins. 
See, he loves us so much that he gave the most precious thing that he had. He gave Jesus. He sent Jesus down to create a way for us to be loved by him again, to be in his love. And we all know, well, if you've been around church for a while, you'll know these verses. John 3, 16 and 17. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son Now, everyone who believes in him will never perish and experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge it and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. The beauty is that God sends his son, that God sent Jesus down, not to condemn us, not to destroy us, but so we can know the love of God, so that we can live in the love of God, so that we can experience the freedom of forgiveness, so that we can experience what it truly means to be loved by God, to be in a relationship with God, to be like Adam and Eve were walking through the Garden of Eden with God every single day. And we get to experience that. We get to walk and talk with God. We get to journey through our lives with God. It's not just a good theory. It's not just something that we can do, but God loves you right now exactly as you are. Warts and all, as the saying goes. You know what? You don't need to be or do anything else to be more accepted by God than you are right now. See, so often we sit and we look at our lives and we think, I've got to change that. I've got to change the other thing. I've got to transform in this way or that way. I've got to wait until I'm better. I've got to wait until I have more faith. I've got to wait until um, whatever excuse you want to use. I'd do this differently, that differently, whatever it is. And we let stuff that's behind us, stuff that's in the past that we can't change, we let that disqualify us and rob us from really knowing the love of God right now and walking in the love of God. So we never actually experience the fullness of God's kingdom. We never actually experience the fullness of a relationship with God because we allow ourselves to disqualify ourselves from being fully loved by God. How could God use me? How could God love me? How could I be worthy of that love? And today, God just wants to simply say to you, I love you. No matter what response comes into your mind after you hear that statement, you need to take hold of it and just throw it away. If it's not acceptance, if it's not just going, okay, God, and God just wants to keep whispering to you time and time again, I love you. I love you, I love you. But the past, I love you. But this happened, that happened, I love you. But I'm broken in this way or that way, I love you. And God will keep speaking that over you until you comprehend it, until you are able to let yourself be yourself and just accept it. How much did God love you? He loved you to death his own. Jesus came down and died. That's how much he loved you. So we need to stop running ourselves around with busy and hectic minds that overthink everything, thinking that we need to be a certain way or do a certain thing or whatever to be loved by God, to be accepted by God. We need to simply be still and know that he is God. And with God being God and God being love, God loves us. God loves you. He shows it because that's who he is. 
He's not striving to be love. He is love. So he loves us whenever we're broken and messed up. He loves us when we feel all together. He loves us when we have good days and bad days. He loves us when we feel successful and when we feel like we're a disaster. And we've got to stay in that place of knowing him and receiving his love and walking in that love and living our life from that source. The source of our life has to be the love of God. Verse 11, delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us and we make our permanent home in him and his love is brought to its full expression in us. He has given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and that we live in him. You see, the fullness of us starting to know and love and walk in this love, the starting to comprehend it and simply follow this way of love is for us to love one another, to love one another the way Jesus loved one another. Jesus taught his disciples what? It's by our love that people will know that we're God's disciples, that we follow Jesus, that we are his disciples. I love what it says here. See, no one has ever seen the spl- um, God in all of his splendor. Nobody's ever seen it. Nobody's ever seen the fullness of God, of, who, of his glory, of who he really is. But, I love that but. What an amazing but that is in essence. Because no one has ever seen God in all his glory and majesty. But if, but if we love one another. See, if we love one another and God lives in us and we live in God, then his expression of love will be complete. If we allow all the taintedness and all the worries and concerns and things that we have to fade away into the nothing that they are, because they are nothing in God, if we allow that to happen, then we love one another fully and then we become the expression of the glory of God to each other. We become an expression of blessing each other. We become followers of God. We become true disciples and the full expression of God takes hold in our life and we love each other as we ought to do, the way God designed us to. We know the love of God and we know that he is our savior. We know that he died to save us from all the sin, all the brokenness, all the hurt, all the pain of this life. And God comes in and heals us. He loves us with the everlasting love. An everlasting love that we can barely begin to comprehend. Verse 14. Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that Father God has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God, and God lives in them. And we have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. 
See, spiritually, we're invited into this place, into this place of love, into be living this expression of love. Why? Because God's living in us, so we automatically become a reflection of God. We automatically show the world who God is. And we want to be good representatives of God. That's why we need to be living from the source of love, living, allowing God to come. We don't worry about living right in front of others. We worry about living right in front of God. See, God is love, and it's only out of the overflow of God's love in us can we then live right to our fellow human beings. And we become that expression of love. Do you want to live the life that God has planned for you, that God has laid it before you? Do you really want to live it and live it to the full? Do you really want to do the things that God's planned for you? You're only going to do it if you're filled with his love. You're only going to do it if you're overflowing with his love. So what is this love? Well, let's look at probably the most famous passage that most people think of whenever you talk about love. It's said at most weddings and stuff like that. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter is it's nicknamed. We'll look at some of the verses there. It says this from verse one. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. In essence, you can replace love in that passage with the word God, because that's who God is, and that's the trust that we need to have in God. We need to know that God is patient. We need to know he's kind. We need to know he doesn't envy or he doesn't boast. He's not proud. We need to put our full trust in God. And some of us need to step back and humble ourselves and realize that we've been trying so hard to be loved and trying so hard to walk in some fashion of love that we've not allowed ourselves to be loved by God. We've not allowed ourselves to live in that place of love, to have the identity of love flowing through us, to allow God to come and fill us up from the inside out where we overflow with love. We haven't always protected ourselves. We haven't always put our trust in God. We haven't always kept our hope and faith. And we need to humble ourselves and say, come God and have your way in us. Come God and allow me to walk and live and breathe your love. We need to accept God's love afresh. Some of you have never accepted the fact that God loves you. 
exactly as you are, not as you wish you were, and you've never took the step of faith and actually give your life to Jesus. So right now, I just want to encourage you, take a moment, accept God's love for you, accept the way that he's given you, the way of love, the way of faith, the way of repentance, where we simply stop going our own way and accept who God is and what he's given us. Some of us have put barriers down saying, God can't use me because of X, because of Y. God can't love me because of this or that. Or I'm not as loved by God because of this or that. Oh, this is what has happened in my life. And we use that as barriers that shut God down, that stop him loving us to the fullness because we're choosing to not let him. We need to pray right now for a release of those barriers. from deliverance of the ways that we've felt about ourselves. And some of us have been afraid of God's love. Some of us have hidden away from God's love because we're fearful and worried about what it might reveal whenever we truly allow ourselves to be loved by God. It means some of the past will be dug up so that God can remove it from our life, so that he can properly weed our garden and get rid of some of the stuff that we've clung on to for years, that we've allowed to be part of us when God never designed it to be part of us. Some of you are fearful of what God wants to remove from your life. You need to put your faith and trust in him right now and know that his plans are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. So let's just take a moment now and pray over those three things. God, firstly, I just want to come to you and just pray for everybody who's watching right now who doesn't know your love and has never accepted your love, accepted that you love them exactly as they are, not as they wish they were. God, I pray that right now they'll just know your forgiveness, know your acceptance, and know that if they choose to put their faith in you, that they will be forgiven for all the wrong things they've ever done and that they can start a new life today, a new life birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit just coming into their life and transforming them and allowing them to become an expression of love, to become a reflection of you. If that's you right now, just take a moment and just give your life to Jesus. Give your life to God because he wants to just transform you some of you need delivered and God would just pray that if anything is in our lives if there's any barriers in our lives if there's anything which is stopping you coming in and showing us the fullness of your love the fullness of expression of your love God would you remove it right now in Jesus name And the power of the Holy Spirit just come into every single life, every single room, and just reveal anything that needs moved, anything that needs destroyed, any barriers that we've placed, anything that we've tried to exclude ourselves from. Just remove it in Jesus' name. And God, for all of those people right now who are watching who are fearful, afraid of your love, afraid of what it might mean, afraid of what you might um, remove or even move around in their lives, God, I pray for a step of faith, 
a baby step of faith, God. I pray that they will just step into knowing that you love them, that they will not be afraid. God, I just pray right now that you just move in ways that will surprise us, ways that will encourage us, ways that will challenge us, ways that will shape us into the men and women of God that we're called to be. God, come and have your way in us. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen. Amen. If you prayed any of those prayers, then please just get in touch. Please just let us know so we can pray for you, so that we can encourage you, so that we can uh, just go on this journey together. I don't want any of us to feel alone or isolated, to feel like we're unloved, to feel like we're not part of the family of God. So if you are watching and you just want us uh, to journey with you, please just get in touch. Please just let us know how we can encourage you and bless you. I just really hope that today, when we thought about love, that this love will come in and transform us and continue to just make us into good reflections of who God made us to be, of how God designed you and I to function in him, of how we live our lives and how we show others this life, the life that changes everything. God bless you all. It's so good to have you at church this week. And I'll see you soon. God bless.